We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee and the 49ers played a preseason game tonight. We're recording this late Friday. We are going to wrap about the, not actually wrap, but like talk about, like kick around a conversation about the 49ers preseason win, a thriller, 28-21 over the Green Bay Packers. Chris was there. We're going to talk about it. Here we go. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. What do you think the 49ers can get for Brock Purdy on the trade market right now? I mean, higher value, Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo? Go. <laughs> do you do you do two seconds or a first? I'm taking two seconds is my floor. Okay. And I think a bidding war starts, and I I think you can talk the team into into a first and maybe a future second. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um. No, I mean, honestly, like for preseason games, that was kind of enjoyable because, I mean, there were just a lot of big plays. And mm-hmm. like, if you're going to be stuck watching a preseason game, at least you get some big plays and some pertinent developments and some mm-hmm. things that make your pod look good. Like Sam, our guy, Sammy Woe, Sam mm-hmm. Womack having two interceptions Marcelino um, McCurry ball. My guy had a pick. Yeah. Yeah. So just Huge day for the brand, a lot of good stuff for, for the brand. <laughs> no, but I mean, if, if you're the 49ers look like you have to be pretty happy with the fact that, you know, there are reports, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is reporting that Drake Jackson's shoulder injury isn't um, believed to be serious. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said after the game, he thinks it's a stinger there. By the time this podcast is out on Saturday, uh, we might have more news about that, and Shanahan's going to have a conference call. But um, overall, just like Trey Lance completing four or five, 
hitting Danny Gray for a long touchdown. Obviously, that's the play that Danny Gray was drafted to make. <laughs> like that play. That exact one. Like that's the element that he's bringing to the offense. Um, and then, you know, Sam Womack playing playing pretty well, it looked like, and and having a couple picks. Obviously, the context here is that it's a preseason, right? But like, right. and the Jordan Love is not very good at professional tackle football. And the Packers weren't playing anybody, just like the Niners weren't playing any right. of their starters. So it's not, you know, I'm not drawing any sweeping conclusions. But like, if you're a team that drafts players and wants those guys to be in certain roles, it certainly doesn't hurt that they're doing things like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer Buford had a good game, uh, played <laughs> into the third quarter. Your guy, Spencer Buford. Big Spencer uh, Burford guy. <laughs> Spencer Burford, not Buford. Um, I, I should know that. And then... Uh, it's fine. I mean, just overall, like, a sharp performance. Like, we've seen the 49ers come out and just look really sloppy and really ugly, and it doesn't portend necessarily to anything in the regular season. But, you know, I thought it was a relatively clean game from them. Um they turned it over just once, but they forced three, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, that's, Trey, that Trey was Lance the key to victory tonight, I thought, was winning the turnover battle. One and zero this season when they win the TO battle. Got outgained 437 to 328, though. Just a lot of suspect calls by D'Amico Ryan's. Just not, not sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, let's... Let's 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 hang for a second on on some of those. He's touched on a on a bunch of stuff that I want to dive into. Sure, sure. The most here's my football guy take. The most important play Trey laid Trey Lance made tonight was sliding. Yeah, he st- that that whole play that whole scramble is only rushed seven yards. It was not a designed run. He drops back, pocket collapses super quick. Because of Spencer Burford, which I want to get to in a second. But pocket collapses super quick. He steps up through the pocket and then really quick resets his feet and turns his shoulders looking to throw. And then recognizes that he has a bunch of open space in front of him and takes off. Defender closes in. He slides seven yards. 49ers now have a third and one that they converted with Trey Sermon. And Lance said after the game, it was the first slide he's ever done in his life. And I don't Which know if tracks. he's exaggerating, but I don't think he is. I mean, I watched every little bit of Trey Lance video that was on YouTube, and I don't ever remember watching him slide. Right. Like, there's full games available. And I asked and, around, and, and like, yeah, I asked around, and people were like, yeah, we don't know if he can slide. I'm like, that's kind of a big deal for, like, a running quarterback. Yeah, self-preservation is a skill, man. Like, look at how Russell Wilson's career has gone versus how Cam Newton's career went. Yeah, exactly. That's a great and point. It's so that's that's something that I thought was a really big deal. Like he takes off, it was like, oh wow, great decision. And then he got down just ahead of like his health is so much more important than that one yard. Right. So and in game situation, you know, if it's the NFC championship game and it's fourth and one and he's got to lower his shoulder, do it. But also, like, you and I have both played baseball in former lives. Like, it's not easy to just slide. That's not, like, an easy thing to do. You know? Like, if you told me... I played baseball for most of my my life growing up for, you know, 15, 18 years, whatever it is. If you told me to run and slide right now, I don't know if I could do it. 
Right. Like it's it's a weird mental hurdle that you have to like get over and mm-hmm. you can hurt yourself if you do it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I'm agree. I'm in full agreement with you. Like that's that's a pretty substantial thing, because I do think Trey Lance's legs, whether they're designed runs or just extending plays and scrambling like this one, it's going to be a significant part of the offense. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's going to be like what it was when he made his first start against Arizona last year when he ran 16 times but i do think kyle shanahan's gonna have plays where you have to account for trey lance as a runner because you know he's he's talked about playing 11 on 11 football a lot right so that was going into this game i was trying to wrap my head around because people got how much is he gonna play what are you looking for it's like were a couple of his throws high? I'm like, yeah, for sure. The one to Ross Dwelly was was up high, the one in the flat, and the out to Danny Gray was high but catchable. And they both they both were catchable balls, which is which is good. That one to Gray on the sideline where he caught it, I think that was Lance's only incompletion. Yes. That's the throw that like Trey's struggled with the most this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he certainly has the arm strength to make it, but for whatever reason. He had just has a tendency to sail it. Yeah. Um, so he did a That's little bit on that play. On it looked like, yeah, it looked like the timing wasn't ideal um, either. But, you know, it was from the left hash. So it's a it's a sneaky long throw mm-hmm. from the left hash all the way to, to the right sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that like if there's one throw that I, that I've heard that's consistently been an issue, it's it's that one, the deep, the deeper out towards the sideline. Yeah, and you, I mean, you see it like just in when he threw it, the ball just the way the ball came out of his hand, it was like, oh, that's super high. Yeah, and it, but to that end, if he gets it out quicker, Gray has room to get his feet down on the sideline, and he made a nice catch. Yeah, to to get hands on it. So I mean, overall, he didn't he didn't look overwhelmed. He connected on the one deep shot he threw. He in stride, like it him. wasn't. It was a perfect throw, really. Yeah, I know. Like whoever number six is on the Packers probably isn't going to make the team, but like, <laughs> right? It, it's a good throw. Like, good a good throw me- beats good coverage a lot of the time in the mm-hmm. NFL. So like, you're just you're just happy that it was a good throw. Yeah, and the and the one run he had was a good decision, and it took him from a possible sack where it's third and long and put him in a third and one. Like that's the goal. That's that's this year what he's going to offer from a skill set perspective is probably going to be a lot of that where he's taking a negative play or what used to be a negative play and turning it into nearly a first down. What do you think of Trey Sermon? I thought he was okay. There were definitely still times where you saw it on his first carry stretch run to the left and he starts to get to the corner and then he like squares up to the line and like stutter steps and then keeps going out left. It's just it was kind of weird. Um, I thought he was fine. I wasn't blown away, but I, I th- thought I thought maybe he looked a little more explosive than he did last year. I thought he was a little bit more decisive than yeah, last there year. Yeah, there were there were definitely it wasn't that's true. He was more decisive, but there was still like there were still a, a, a couple plays where where I would have liked to have seen him just get upfield quicker. Yeah. I mean, I haven't obviously haven't watched all 22 yet. Well, yeah. I mean, who has? <laughs> 
but um I like without Trent Williams, without George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk, like yeah. I it didn't look like there was a whole lot of holes that that he was like missing. It, it looked like he was for the most part taking what was what was available to him. Yeah. Um he looked better than last year for sure. He definitely looked better than last year, I thought. So I think that's positive. I did think it was interesting that he was the guy to to get the first round of carries, right? And I kind of I wonder, you know, I I wonder if Anthony Lynn treats it a little bit differently. Like, is is Anthony Lynn a seniority guy? Because I think we all sort of expect Ty Davis Price to be the like to get more carries than Trey Sermon this season. Or even like sure. if Sermon's even on the team, like it's not a guarantee that Sermon's going to make the team, in my opinion. But I just thought it was interesting that Sermon was a guy who got the run with the first team while Ty Davis Price didn't get until later. Yeah. And he was still in, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And that's like, I'm sure that's part of it's just like, hey, he's a rookie. We want to, you know, get him some burn and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I just I, I thought that that usage was a little bit interesting and, and maybe it switches. We've seen Kyle Shanahan like showcase different running backs yeah. in different preseason games. So maybe like Sermon, like maybe, you know, Davis Price will start. It definitely with Sermon, it definitely tracked like you hear reports out of camp that he, he looks better and had a great day at camp the other day. I think it, I think it was Monday or, or maybe Tuesday, but it, it looked like it. Yeah. Like it definitely looked different than it did last year, which I which I think is good news. I want to talk about Spencer Burford for a second. Yep. And the first pass of the game, the first pass attempt was the one where Lance took off running. And that was because Burford got destroyed inside. I forget who started at left tackle. They got beat too. But Burford just got whooped. Colton McKivitz. Colton McKivitz. He got beat too, but but the reason Lance had to bail and take off and run was because that pressure up the middle was was so great. And the fact that Burford, after that rep, bounced back and played well, because I I did, that was the like okay I'm focusing on number seventy four, and he put he was fine the rest of the way. And I, I think no god. And I, I, I think it's important to remember this is, you know, second and third string guys is going against. But Kyle Shanahan said something interesting the other day where he said, you don't know what an offensive lineman's made of until they get their ass kicked in a game and how they bounce back from that. And the fact that Burford got beat so bad on his first pass blocking rep as a pro, but then bounced back and had a had a good game, that's that's uh uh that's significant to me he doesn't lack confidence sure. like he he's a, he's a rookie and he seems very self-aware i talked to him a little bit after the game and like the feeling i got is that you know generally he has the right approach like i even asked him like you know it, it are you do you feel like you're you're gonna start like is this you know is this where this is all headed and he's like that's what i'm working towards but i don't know like i'm just doing what they tell me you know just like the typical answer but just i don't know just talking to him he had a good air about him for a rookie and sometimes that's not always the case mm-hmm. um but you know i just got it you, you just get the feeling that like the way that they're using him they they have a lot of belief in him and yeah i, I do think 
the fact that Daniel Brunskill hasn't gotten any run at right guard would signal that they that they want Burford in there. Yeah. And if Burford's a good player as a rookie, like, you know, if they have this much faith in him as a rookie, there there aren't a ton of guys that the 49ers have played who are like lower round draft picks as rookies who didn't turn out to be good players, right? Like mm-hmm. the guys that Kyle Shanahan and his staff have trusted early on who were drafted later ended up being pretty good players. DJ Jones, George Kittle, Fred Warner. Yeah. Sam Womack. Sam Womack, maybe. <laughs> you want to talk about your guy, Sammy Woe? Sammy Woe. Um, no, I just... You that know, first like, interception was wild. That was an incredible play. Yeah, it was. It was a really good play. He... Um, yeah, he was like... Uh, after the game, he said he was confident that he had it. He just didn't know if maybe a part of him had been out of bounds. But mm. like it was kind of wild that they called it a completion at first. So I was like, "How was that a completion?" Like, right? He definitely has the ball. <laughs> the defender, yeah. The defender came down with the football. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make any sense. But um, no, I mean, it's just it's the classic. I mean, I guess it's 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 been happening for six years now. Like we said it weeks ago, and that's why that's why I'm I'm you know joking around and taking the victory lap on on the Sammy Womack thing, but like. <laughs> In the fifth round, for whatever reason, they just find these dudes who are good football players and slip through the cracks for God knows why, and they just end up being good. Yeah. You know? And, like, Kyle Shanahan said it after the game. Like, he's played on teams where rookies have been undrafted or where where nickels, some of his nickel corners have been rookies or, like, undrafted guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not crazy to have a rookie starting in that spot. Yeah, and you know, Darquez, they like Darquez Denard, but I think he's you know he's moved he's played for a lot of teams recently for a reason, and not that he's a bad player, but if they think Sam Samuel Womack is going to be good, they might as well just play him. I think Sammy Womack's got that dog in him. <laughs> he's a dog for sure. I yeah, I mean, just all the intangible stuff is real. Like the the. The fact he was a captain at at school, like the fact he had all those PBUs, like I think all that stuff is real with him. The fact that in his first professional game, on a third and five, he closes out on the receiver, and instead of just being like, did my job, got the stop, I'm fired up, fights for the football and right. comes up with it. And then on the next possession, gets underneath the receiver to make an interception. Like he was just, he was really, really good. Yeah, he was. And I think you just, I think you see a lot of rookies, especially like I said, that, that, that first pick, I think you see a lot of rookies just kind of go, okay, I got there. I did my job next play. Yeah. And he played in a lot of these coverages. Like he said, you know, in terms of responsibility, like in college, a lot of the coverages were the same. The terminology was just different. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a rookie, but he has the advantage of being in a familiar scheme. And when you're comfortable with the scheme, like we see it with offensive guys all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like George Kittle, as a rookie, talks about, you know, always, you know, running around like a chicken with his head cut off because he was so worried about just getting his responsibility right. And then once he learned the offense, then he felt like he could just play. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a defensive player coming into a scheme that you're familiar with and you have good instincts and all of that, 
and you can just play, that's got to be a huge advantage. And so that's one of yes. the reasons why I think there's there's a really good chance that he ends up winning that starting job. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch, for yeah. sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you learn anything else tonight? Man, I was on. I was Dude, on. You got to go to the locker room. Locker room was open for the first time since the Super the Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, we we have not. Reporters have not been allowed inside the locker room since then. There are no COVID restrictions this year. Thankfully, there are no more Zoom calls, which were the bane of my existence forever. And like the Zoom press conferences, just the absolute worst. Um, so you actually do get to go into the locker room and talk to guys. And I just like tried to talk to as many guys as I know. And even some of the the young guys just to like get the feel for who they are and get the feel for just what the vibe is in the locker room and talking to guys. It's like, you know, I know I mentioned it earlier in training camp. And like one of the reasons why I'm so optimistic about this team is just the vibes are good. And I was talking to one player in particular about it who was on the 2019 team and obviously on last year's team too. And like, they have a confidence about them going into this season because they've experienced deep playoff runs that happened in entirely different ways. Yeah. Right. So in 2019, they were just kind of like that season just kind of avalanched in a good way, right? Mm -hmm. Like they started off four and oh, and then they just kept winning these games. The defense kept dominating. The offense got better and better. And they just sort of turned into a buzzsaw, right? Like even their losses were like narrow losses. Yeah. I think it, what was it like seven combined points in the three games or something? Yeah. Like they, they really didn't get their ass kicked once until, you know, the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so that that team felt way different than last year's team that started out three and five that really mm -hmm. struggled and had to fight back and get to the like become become that sort of underdog team as opposed to the number one seed that they were in 2019. 
And so just talking to this player, it was like, you know, we, we're not thinking about we're not thinking about January and February or anything because we know what these seasons can look like. And even 2020 to an extent, like they went into 2020, like revenge tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then everybody got hurt and everything fell apart. So they just have like the guys who have been on the team throughout, you know, since 2019, especially have experienced just sort of the gamut of like how seasons can go. Mm-hmm. And those seasons, two of those seasons in particular have been pretty successful, right? Like you make a deep playoff run, that's a successful, successful season, but you, you get to that place in very different ways. And so this team just has that, that type of perspective that I think is really healthy going into a season. They're not a team that's like, oh yeah, Super Bowl or bust, like what, what happened in 2020 and then everything goes to shit. And they know that, man, it would be really good if we didn't get off to a bad start like they did in 2021, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, hampered them and, and sort of put their backs against the wall, which which helped in a way, but also just made things way more difficult. Yeah. Right? They had to play those road games in the playoffs, which obviously is not a, not preferred. Right. So I just think like. And maybe this I is just carried over. Yeah, I just maybe it's confirmation bias on my part because I'm just optimistic about like just where the roster is. Um, you have so many good players in their primes. Sure, Trey, like... Lance, you don't know for sure what Trey Lance is, but I like I I just don't think Trey Lance is going to be put in a position where he's going to have to carry too much of the water. Like obviously they're not going to yeah. win when Trey Lance plays really bad. But, you know, they they won. They they were good enough in 2019 to survive some bad Jimmy Garoppolo games. And and I think the ceiling, like, you know, the run that you mentioned, Trey Lance extending mm-hmm. the play, getting those yards and being able to throw the deep ball and just having that as a part of the offense. I just think that's going to lift the ceiling so much higher for the 49ers. And a lot of the turnovers that were maddening from Jimmy Garoppolo were a product of the offense being limited. And mm-hmm. defenses being able to pack the middle of the field with guys, mm-hmm. I just think it's going. The Niners are going to be a lot more difficult to defend, and so you know, just just with where they're at as a team, what their identity is, the veterans that they have, like it's a relatively young team with guys still in their primes, but they're experienced. It just sort of confirms like why I'm optimistic about this team, and if everybody stays healthy, I, I fully expect them to be one of the better teams in the NFC. That that thing you just said at the end there is a really good point about about not having guys who are old, but having guys who are experienced and having multiple guys who are in their prime, who have been through at least one trip to the NFC title game and and definitely a few guys who have been to two. But it feels like this year. Like Danny Gray is a good example. You have Brandon Ayuk, who last year dealt with the dealt with whatever he was dealing with early in the season. And now you have him taking Danny gray and applying what he learned last year to this rookie. Like, Hey, you, this guy can help us. And here's how it's like, they took that loss in the NFC championship game and went, here's the ways we need to get better. These are the players that are going to help us do that. And every player is focused on getting anybody new up to where they need to be. 
like they were talking on the TV broadcast tonight about how Trent Williams is taking Jason Poe under his wing and turned undrafted rookie Jason Poe into kind of his guy. And I just think that's, I think that's, that's fascinating. And I think it, it speaks to what you're talking about in just kind of the singular focus of, of this team. It's not about proving anybody wrong. It's not a revenge tour. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's like, Hey, this is a good enough team to win the Super Bowl. They know what it takes and doesn't take to win a Super Bowl. Here's where they've failed in the past. Right. Here's what they need to do to 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 get over those hurdles. Did you watch Hard Knocks? No. Okay. <laughs> I've not so, I've watched I've not watched a full episode of Hard Knocks in my life. So basically, like one I did pride in that. I, I would yeah, I haven't been a huge hard knocks guy, but I turned it on because um because why not? But Dan Campbell's talking to the Lions and the whole thing is like, you know, people don't expect much of us. We got to, you know, he, he was talking about like fighting in the ocean and like we got to pull teams out into the deep end and drown them and stuff. And it's like talking about like that underdog mentality and needing to instill that into his team. And whether you buy that or not, that's just not the way the 49ers talk about it. Like I, I, I also watched the brick by brick thing with Kyle Shanahan. And Shannon's just like, yeah, let's let's just build ourselves up so we're getting better as the season goes. And like the Niners don't need to do like the hype man, like we we're the underdog and nobody believes in us and people disrespect us. But like they don't do that because they have a lot of players who are among the best at their position in the league <laughs> and are just pros and know how to practice and know how to prepare and have been through long playoff runs. Like when you're the Lions and you haven't been successful, then you do need to dip into some of that shit, right? But like yeah. when you've been there, you know what professionalism is and you know what the approach is. And that's what I think is different with the 49ers now. And so much of that is about continuity and it's about the roster and all of that stuff. Like I just think they're they're in a spot where, you know, I don't know if it's gonna happen this year, but like I just think the next two or three years some special things could happen. Like if the Niners won a Super Bowl this year, next year, the year after that, like I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. It would it would be a it would be a culmination for sure. I mean, and like you said, it, they you can't pull the underdog card or the nobody believes in us card when you have first team all pro Debo Samuel, first round pick Brandon Ayuk. Right. You have all world left tackle Trent Williams. You have all pro Fred Warner. You have George Kittle and and nick bosa and like they're it's it is a loaded roster and i think they just kind of look around and say this is a good enough team to win last year arguably a better roster this year yeah just go take care of it yeah and i was talking a lot to glean from the first preseason game but here we are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well it's not just it, this no this it's is an not accumulation season game sure. conversation sure. but like i was talking to somebody who's covered the league i think he said for 20 years in in the press box and like i said you know like i'm so optimistic about this team and i'm really like i'm bullish on this team but it feels like i'm kind of uncomfortable because as somebody who wants to be objective and be real about things you don't want to come off as like a homer and just be like oh yeah this team's gonna be great like whatever because that happens a lot and it's it's a hit on your credibility if you're like overly optimistic about a team that isn't that good, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. I like I really am conscious about being a homer, 
And this person has covered the league for like 20 years. And he was like, no, nah, this is probably the best, like the best team I've covered just from like a talent perspective. And he, and he's equally as optimistic as I am. Just like, if things go right, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they won. So it gave me like, I was like, all right. So I'm not just like, <laughs> I'm not overly optimistic. Like the perspective right. from smart people who also cover this, who, other smart people who cover this team. It's like, yeah, they're, they're good. Like they're, they're in right. a really good spot. Well, they're just objectively good. Like just to, when you look at the level of talent they have, they're just yeah. good. Yeah. But it's interesting because like, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and like reading a lot. And everyone's like, yeah, I don't know how good the Niners are because of Trey Lance. So it's like, well, we just watched the 49ers make two deep playoff runs without awesome quarterback play. Right. So, like, even if the quarterback plays a wash, like, they're, they're still up there. Exactly. You know, so yeah. it's interesting. But you got you to gotta win games, and it's not. It's and not it about, started Friday night. Not about what the haters say. <laughs> Oh, there's teams who are undefeated. Tough. Anyways, um, who aren't undefeated? I don't know. Yeah, I thought Talano Hufanga had a good game. Sure. Um, could our Holman sneaky good game? He got burned on that one he play. Got toasted. So did Tavarius Moore. Yeah, Tavarius Moore did not look like the four three guy he was. No. Um, but. I first came back in in a year and a half or whatever it's been. So give him give him a break there. But you see why they've been running with Talanoa Hufanga with the with the first team for sure. One of my favorite moments. So we're on the field pregame and we're like, okay, who's not playing? Well, it's, you know, Debo Samuel comes out and sweats in his big chain. And then George Kittle comes out in street clothes and whatever. And then Jimmy Ward comes out in street clothes. And we're like, okay, that makes sense. Jimmy Ward's not playing. Jimmy Ward is wearing a credential hilarious <laughs> like that's super funny i don't know why it was so funny to me but jimmy ward like a, an 87 in madden <laughs> <laughs> i bet he's, he's not playing he's getting you know like quality veteran treatment by not playing in the first preseason game and still walks on the field with a credential i'm like why do you have a credential i'm i'm hoping that was a bit because he like tried to walk onto the field for pregame and got like stopped <laughs> because it just who who can, if you're Levi Stadium security and you're not a Niner fan, you're probably not picking Jimmy Ward out of a lineup. And it's I'm, not like he's a tall dude. It's not like he's like, like, oh, that's definitely a professional athlete. Sure, but he was also the only player with a credential. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm going to believe in my heart that Jimmy Ward is a big bits guy, like ourselves, and some guy like stopped him on his way to the field. And he went, oh, you need me to wear a credential? And so he went yeah. and got a credential. Debo's credential was a big-ass chain. Right. Um, Kittle's credential was his man bun ponytail thing he's got. Hey, he's working we, with right now. Can we very quickly? Yeah. The sideline hats are so bad. Those camo things? The colored camo things. That might be why Shanahan was beefing. His hat was fine. The 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 all black, the all black look was good. Yeah, I'm just I'm generally out on like if black's not your uniform color, like mm-hmm. you know, for a hat, like it's, a, it's, it's fine. a fine looking hat. But yeah, I, I do I I I am curious to hear like exactly what his hat selection is and like what his beef is. But yeah, those camo hats are bad. 
those are straight out of a gas station at the McKittrick stop on I-5. <laughs> that's that's a good pull. That's a really good pull. Thanks. <laughs> I, I agree wholeheartedly. Just keep it basic. <laughs> it doesn't. Just give them the new more camouflage fifty fitteds or the trucker adjustable. The best, the best Niner, the best 49er sideline fitted of all time was the first year New Era had them, and they went red hat with 49er logo on the front. That's it. You know what'd be a good looking hat? The one just one with the saloon script on it. A red hat with the gold and white saloon script. It's great. We should design hats. They'd sell they'd sell all of those. Like hotcakes. Yeah. I did figure out because like some about the saloon script on the jerseys was bothering me. The 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 it needs to be gold, not white, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. I'll buy that. It looks great on the back of the helmet. Like, yeah, you know, like Ooh. the big the big sign outside Levi's Stadium where it's yeah. like a red backdrop with the gold saloon font. Yeah. That looks better to me than the white saloon font with like that's the fair. Yeah. I'll buy that. This is just really good content right now. It is. Uh last last Trey Lance thing. The baggy long sleeves is such an underrated football look. It works in baseball too. Yeah, baggy long sleeves. Very good. Don't do need have, to be don't do need have to thoughts? be skin tight. Do you have thoughts on the return of the three stripes on the jerseys? Love it. It looks better. It looks so much better. I think they need like maybe this is controversial. This is why people get tune into this podcast, by the way. The striped socks just got to come back, right? Am I the only one who thinks the striped socks should come back? No. Okay. I think that's fair. The striped I'm into socks the striped with socks. the uniform. I mean, I it's it's just more flair. Without being over the top, Niners have good uniforms though. They do. The new, the script with the with the stripes is is a a couple subtle upgrades. Although I do think the saloon script should be gold instead of white. But who knows? I'll ask Al Guido if he listens to the pod. See what he says. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. All right. All right. Subscribe, rate, review. Thanks, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.